0: I've got a really special guest who I've been harassing for ages now, <laughs> and finally got him in, finally found where he lived, tracked him down, <laughs> um, and I've got Rob Campbell. How you doing, Rob? Good, mate. How are you? Yeah, good, good. Um, do you want to just give a quick intro of what you're up to and what you've done in the past as well? Well,
1: today I got made uh, officially redundant, so that was quite an interesting news. <laughs> but, um, but, uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm a strategist. Um, I've been really fortunate uh, to live around the world, Australia, Singapore, China, America, like lots of places, a lot more than that as well. Um, I've worked at Wine and Kennedy, been at RGA. I've done stuff a bunch of brands, Nike, Spotify, you know, clothes. I, lo- I love and have always loved chaos creativity and culture. That's really been a driving force for me.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and because of that and because of the exposure and the privilege of living in lots of other markets, I've maybe been able to see stuff that I didn't expect to see. And currently I'm working with a pretty famous uh, rock band and their version of creativity and culture has shone a different light on it as well, so yeah, I, I'm just a i am just a—I—I like stuff that gives um, a stage to those often in the shadows and scares the crap out of those who normally like the spotlight, that's kind of my thing <laughs>
0: That's a good intro, that's the best way to be <laughs> So I've been harassing you for ages now to get you on and do a podcast with you, because um, what I want to do is uh, I've been, sort of been pushing diversity in advertising for over a decade now, um, and one of the key yeah. things was obviously pushing the creative creativity, um, pushing account handling, and pushing more sort of diversity on the board and senior leadership, etc. So like all aspects of diversity. One of the key things I did try to push, and I came up against a, a sort of a brick wall, was the strategy department, um, yeah. which I think. If you look at the different departments and how influential strategy is to the creative to the output et cetera, I think that's the one of the most or the most depo- like important department to be diverse to understand a mm. different culture and I just wanted to get your thoughts on it because i don't I don't see that reflected in the u k advertising industry at the moment yeah I mean in a lot of places it's not reflected i think um and in the u s as well obviously Yeah, I mean,
1: this is just my personal perspective, I should point out, but I think part of the problem is that strategy has become some pseudo-intellectual bullshit, and so it's been about following a system of um, logic where ultimately the nuances of culture and society are brushed aside as anomalies and focusing on transactional elements. Which is why you end up with a load of communication that feels and looks the same. Doesn't yeah. feel authentic. Yeah, for sure. Um, I I come from a school of thought where that is that that's that might be um, strategy's most ruth ruthlessly efficient, but not necessarily its most ruthlessly effective. Because yeah. for me, culture culture is such a such an important element, And the only way you really get it is if you have it from an insider's perspective or an observer's perspective. And that's why, in part, of it, it's because I've been able to live around the world. I've always embraced diversity. I mean, even when I lived in China, I lived in China for a long time, while the majority of my team were um, brilliant uh, strategists from mainland China, that was supplemented by people from Thailand, I had a Ukrainian, Australian, I had a Brit, I had an Indonesian, like it, because there's nuances of things that allow debate to see where where culture was heading rather than where it is, but yeah. always being true to its to its soul as opposed to its to the marketing version of it
0: yeah for sure and did you did you like in when you had that um, different nationalities in in China were you debating like day to day debriefs and ideas did say so for example if it was a it, if it was a global campaign and it was touching India or it was touching Australia, did mm. the Australians and Indian people get involved?
1: Yeah, totally. I mean, it's like, I mean, it, for me, it's yes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, it's a weird question because to me, it's like going, oh, well, of course it would, yeah. you know. But by the same token, it doesn't mean that somebody from India, I, I've always tried to partner planners up like a bit like the old up because, and basically not well kind of competing each other. Um so much of it was very much a um a sense of just like I remember in China we were talking about it was for the thank you mom campaign for PNG. Yeah. And we were talking about, you know, that was when the one child policy was big and I had an amazing young uh planner called Sue and she talked about why her, um, why she always went for extracurricular lessons, which is always the, the case. And, you know, because her mum wants her to always do the best for her, and, and the only child, like, oh, all the stuff that's now classed as a cliche, but it's yeah. like, you know, whatever. Um, but I said to her, could I ask a question? And she goes, well, I said, well, because the other way of doing it is, I'm not doubting in any way that your mum and dad love you or want the best for you because we know that the child is ultimately a representation of how well you are as a parent, could it also be that um, she's done it, that if you failed at school, she could say, well, I tried everything I could do. And I remember Sue just going, oh my God, maybe that's another reason she did it. And it was just about opening up these lenses because you can also be, you can also be from a culture and sometimes not see what's going on around you. You know, you see that in America all the time. So yeah, I've always liked... I've always valued diversity, and I mean that in the truest sense of the word. Yeah. But it only works for me if you're allowed to uh, be vulnerable and authentic. And I spent a lot of time at Wyden and at RGA, and everywhere I've worked, at Cynic, where a safe place for beautiful disasters, almost. Yeah. Because often that's where, for me, it starts and the <laughs> conversations happen rather than trying to go, I have the academic answer that no one can argue about, because that's not what culture is. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's always had diversity in its heart, mate. Long answer for a very short question. No,
0: no, it's a great answer. It's good, because, yeah, I mean, I love your answer with the case study as well, the day-to-day case study of it as well. One quick, so you've always built diverse departments, um, and your department at RGA, which obviously you just left today, but that was quite diverse for a ukf like ad agency or digital agency the strategy department was very diverse what did you do how did you do your recruitment how did you find these people how did what and then what happened it's like how was it day to day with all this such sort of diverse input
1: well i mean i don't know if it was that diverse compared to other agencies in all Yeah. but because it certainly wasn't diverse enough for me. And that's no detriment to any of it. I love every single person in that place. Yeah. Like, I god, I love them. Um I just wanted more diversity. I mean, it was like, I mean, how did I find them? It was like they're everywhere.
0: Yeah.
1: You <laughs> <laughs> just don't want them. You know, because I mean for me it wasn't I wanted a billion people um and the way i look at building people is that the, the experiences that they have rather than i just want people from a different aspect but yeah i mean because there's nothing more insulting when i've heard people say we're going to get some diversity but they're going to be good yeah. as if it's like, like "Fuck
0: you." yeah for sure <laughs> <laughs> you
1: know so <laughs> let me tell you if you are from a, a diverse background and i mean that again in the broader sense whether you're from Bradford, or whether you're African Caribbean or whatever, you
0: were
1: were smart and have worked harder to get lower. So it's like for me, it's like people are everywhere, and I've always wanted to embrace it. Uh, I mean, I remember Joelle, uh, well, I was speaking at a Google event, and uh, there was was the lights on, so I couldn't see this. The best question I heard of the night was from this voice over here, I couldn't tell what it was. And I didn't know who he was, and everyone had gone. And then he stupidly wrote to me on LinkedIn, saying, hey, I was glad guy that asked this question. I said, oh, I'd love to meet you. I had no idea who he was. Then we met, and, you know, he, he comes from Bradford, uh, He, you know, has a Jamaican heritage, um, and the way he looked at the world, the way he talked, and I was like, going, oh, that's, that's awesome. And I could feel this is a person that's like he's had to fit in with a white-driven culture, Yeah. and I was like, going, "Well, you you were good, but my God, you could be dangerous if you you're you given the space to be you and yeah. bring that." Yeah, I I hope I did that.
0: Yeah,
1: and I hope I helped do that.
0: Um, and I got to hire him. Yeah, how, and he's amazing. That's awesome. He is amazing. Yeah, that's a that's that, that is an awesome story. So, I mean, how did you? Because that's the problem. So I've had that problem most of my working life. Is I've had to fit mm. into the system. Do you see what I mean? It's like mm. you have to fit into the system. But what did you do for Joel to just open him up so he he was who he was? He, because that's made- well. Let me tell you a story.
1: Yeah, let me tell you a story. That's um, I think I mentioned. Well, I have mentioned the story. So when I lived in America, I've always come from a very liberal background. But when I went to America. Bearing in mind I'd lived in lots of countries there, I thought I, I thought I was pretty good at understanding. And then I met three African-American women, and I talk about them all the time, Bree, Chelsea, Maya, and they changed my life. Fundamentally changed my life in so many amazing ways that they did not only a thing for. But I remember Maya, Maya taught me, my taught me a lot. And one of the things she taught me was why on earth would I expect her to trust me just because I was her boss? Okay. Like this was a this was a smart woman from the south side of Chicago. Um, she had been let down by people who looked like me her whole career. Yeah. Just because I'm British and lived in Oxford, why would she believe me? Now at first my attitude would have been if you believe me? Because I'm not like that, and I'm not American. Yeah. But then it was like, hang on, that's my ego. <laughs> and for me, it was like, it's the same thing. I have to prove it.
0: Yeah. I
1: have to prove it, and and that is about understanding conversation and learning by me. I I'm on the journey, you know, honesty, mate. Uh, and I feel I have a lot of stuff to make up time for. But my intent, hopefully, is felt and my actions back it yeah um because i have to prove it but i'm interested in them succeeding because that means i succeed there is a selfishness in some respects but i will only succeed if they can be epic and they can be fucking awesome when they're allowed to feel comfortable that they can bring their whole self and even then i don't know if they've brought all their whole self because it's still a I wrote this thing a while back where it just said if you go to somebody's house, however you know them, you know you're in that other person's house. Yeah, for sure. If you're a person of colour, for example, you're forever in somebody else's house. Yeah. So, but I hope I made them feel able to be more authentic than they otherwise would. Um, And they rewarded me with their gains and loyalty and goodness.
0: Yeah, that's nice. So, on Twitter, I mean, probably, what, a couple of months ago, obviously just. I think this was before, um, before the latest um, developments in Black Lives Matter, etc. Yeah. You mentioned that you want to change this up, and we had a good exchange about getting. <laughs> we just need to get rid of the, the tick box bane. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what's your thoughts on that? Because you you said you're working with a few, um, organisations on, uh, helping diversity as well. Do you want to talk about that as well? Or. Well, I mean. My problem with Bain is the
1: same problem I had when they called Brazil, Russia, India, and China "Brick." <laughs> it's condescending. It's done for the convenience of the overlords, and it doesn't. It treats everybody like one. Like Bain for me, is just like, "Oh, we've done a campaign with Bain, so we've got one person to represent literally hundreds of millions of people
0: yeah.
1: and make them feel better." And it's and it's done for the wrong reasons. And there's a lot of artists and businesses who do it way better than we are in the industry. But again, for me, it's... Um, I... I once had a, a friend of mine, I remember it so much, it was, I was living in Australia at the time, I was driving him back to Manly, where he lived. And he said, what's it like to be an outsider? And I'm, oh, I'm not an outsider. <laughs> are you kidding? Yeah. he goes, yeah, you're an outsider. And then I thought about it. And in, in a lot of contexts, there was. And then when I... Looked and go well. If I'm an outsider, my God, what are what are people who are literally, visibly, and uh, geographically regarded as that? And that had a huge impact on me. But for me, it's just like I love I love creativity, and, I, and the industry I um, I work in has been incredibly generous to me. Yeah, I believe if you don't allow diversity in its truest sense to infiltrate and be allowed to get to leadership positions, we will crush and burn. Yeah,
0: 100%.
1: And that's why I get very angry where even campaign recently did a campaign for Young Lions or something. And it was like, how would you attract more diversity? Put, imagine you had $100,000 to do it. What would you do? 100? It was like, and I had two of my team doing it. And the, what I loved was they were so angry that like the budget was a hundred thousand. It's like that kind of
0: like and they did in their response, you are the problem. Yeah. And I was so proud of them for That's that. That's amazing, yeah. Um <laughs> because you are the problem. Yeah. Um
1: and I I passionately believe in it. And I've I've been lucky enough to work around the world and see people who are so talented but really get a second look. Yeah. And and it, what summed it up was when I was in China, I was at like, Wyoming Kennedy for a long time. Okay, so best career agency in the world, in the most dynamic work market in the world. Well, I had a headhunter in America saying, Yeah, the China experience is probably going to be negative because it won't mean much for people in America. And I and I, went, well, I don't want to work for those people then. They said, Oh, why? And I said, If we're doing the best agency, the most influential economic market on earth isn't good for them, yeah, why would I want to work for them? But that and that was a that was ahead of planning, a while intended. Yeah. So imagine if you're a young Chinese girl from Guangzhou who is really smart. Do you think they stand a chance? Mm-hmm. So that's why I'm quite angry at the the market. And and some people, I'm not saying that there's um that people are doing it, but we have a we have a racism problem in our industry, intentional or not, it is still there, mm-hmm. and that um that's something that i i would like to try and break a bit um i have put it my mind because i'm still i'm still a white guy yeah so i'm still part of that problem in that bit but i'd like to open the door and allow people to succeed in it and lead us forward and um, that that would be that would be a great way for me to end my career i think
0: yeah i think uh, what what people do, <laughs> i don't i just yeah it's so i mean it's so hot i've been through all the issues you talked about And one of the key things is is what I never understand is, well, is actually if you look at the Asian community, you look at the different communities, um, we are sort of second, third generation immigrants. um, Mm -hmm. And 99% of the people I know in those those different um, communities are quite entrepreneurial. They're quite. Mm-hmm. They're literally out there hustling. They're entrepreneurial. They have to. They they have to change things up because of the circumstances. In. Those mm. and everyone says, "Oh, advertising's dead. Advertising's dead." Everyone keeps on saying that term. That's why we need that diverse workforce, that diverse thinking, that entrepreneurial mentality within these communities to come into our industry because that would hopefully shape things up a bit. Yeah, I mean,
1: advertising is in a hell of a state because of, honestly, white males. Yeah. But we're the, ones, or we're the ones that have dominated it. We're the ones that have devalued creativity. Yeah. We're the ones that act and dress like clients rather than talk to clients in ways that can help them. So, I mean, it was funny, uh, about two years ago, two and a half years ago, I wrote a post about um, making room for female leadership. I had a lot of men get really pissy at me. I said, hey, I'm, I'm one of them, guys. I still think this. Yeah. Um, because I think at the moment it, the, the way it's being positioned, it's this over that. Yeah. But maybe we can, it's about also making space. are such amazing leaders um, who are women and people of colour, but there are not many here. No. Um and that and it's, I mean, it's designed to be against them. Because if you're on a job interview at a senior position, you have to meet ten people, the vast majority are white men. Inher- inherently or purposefully or not, it's gonna be hard for other people. And I I personally don't want to be that person.
0: Yeah, for sure. Do you think um that, yeah, what's happened over the last couple of months? with everything which is happening, do you think that's actually changed? Do you think we will change now? Because we've been talking about diversity for years, for too long now. Are you talking Are you talking about the stuff in America or are you talking about COVID? Uh, the stuff in America. Yeah, both, actually. <laughs> um, I, I think the stuff
1: in America, what really upset me was when I saw a lot of people in England, white leaders, going, oh, the stuff in America is so bad. As it, and it was like, that really angered me because one the arrogance of just going well they get to choose when they're affected by it and for people of colour yeah. especially they're affected by it every day you know if you're black you have to change right now yeah. and it's like and then the other bit that was horrific was everyone thought that was just in the US it is not just in the US it's everywhere England is bad man it's bad I'm I I'm I'm quite shocked at how people like I tell you what really has bothered me because there are people on Facebook that I will school with who've just revealed themselves to be fucking racist. Yeah. And um, that's devastated me. Because I'm like, whoa Oh, I don't know these people at all. I, I all. That's really and then I've got whoa, I agree. So I talk at it and I, I go at them for it. And it's like, whoa, it's yeah, it's, it's I I tell you what the thing mate for me we cannot let this time be wasted. Yeah. Now, if you're right, know we already get away with it because all we have to do is just see it through because everyone else has had to do all the hard work. We we we've gotta make it count, man. Yeah. It's um and it's funny. Somebody said to me because of my situation and they they said, you know, how how would you feel about this company? And they said, you know, their, their, their preference is to have a, uh, a female or a person of colour. And I went, absolutely they should. Yeah. I said, just because I'm going to need a job, I, and i need a job, but I can't simply go, I'm all for diversity as long as I have a job. Yeah. You can't <laughs> do that because then I am the problem again. Yeah, yeah. And, so yeah, so yeah, it's like, I, I, and then again, in America, I gave some projects, I was maybe over generous, I, well, I was purposely over generous to an African American in my team, and some people I had an issue with that, and I just said, listen, mate, you have every advantage going, they have none, she's fantastic, but she has to share it more, just to get to where you, you could get it very easily, it's yeah. like, I'm not saying to her, please don't think that, and I'm certainly not an expert. But I, I'm—I maybe got a real desire to learn. That's yeah, I've got a real desire to learn, and I've got a, a need to make up for stuff that maybe I didn't realise I was doing that was wrong. Not, and I mean that—not in a racist way, but the effects of it was yeah, prejudice.
0: Yeah, and I—that—that—I I, can't let that. And won't let that ever happen again. Yeah, there's um, there's a lot of talks and there's a lot of agencies at the moment doing obviously the the talks with different communities and what's happening and stuff. And there's a lot of like microaggressions, um, and it's quite interesting that I go through microaggressions every day. You <laughs> said either being pulled over in the car, not being served that uh, John Lewis that type of thing every day, and it's quite interesting and we. <laughs> and we had people talking about those microaggressions, um, and people just didn't realise that we were having those microaggressions. People of colour just didn't understand, and it was just a massive long list. And everyone was like, "Oh, I never knew that happened." <laughs> and it's quite, mm. it's quite interesting. I mean, it's really interesting. I mean, it's an because I go for it every day. Do you say? I mean, it's just we're used to it now. Do you,
1: know, do you know what was... This is a terrible analogy. So, a month or so ago, I wrote a tweet about McKinsey.
0: Yeah.
1: And it caught fire. It was bizarre. It was so bizarre. And I freaked out. <laughs> I genuinely... My wife was kidding. I freaked out. I was literally watching this count go up. And... And then I, it was like, and my first reaction was, God, imagine, why do people who want to be YouTube-like influencers want this? Because the pressure was insane, the stress, just being watched, and every comment, and then all the abuse. And then you just sit there, and you just go, my God, it's like, even rest of you are a person of color, because you're not just being judged, you're being, you're having obstacles placed in front of you. Yeah. And... I, I understand that sometimes some people don't see it. Like when I was in America, there was stuff there that I didn't see
0: Yeah.
1: because I'd not grown up in a culture did that. And I, being British, I was afforded more flexibility because ultimately people were like, "Well, you shouldn't know this," but I should have known it. Yeah. But um, but there's a lot of people who are choosing not to know
0: this. Yeah, I think but that's the worst. Yeah, and I think the obviously it's it's been a sad time, but. It has opened up a lot of people's eyes, I think, recently as well to what's happening. In yeah, the, yeah.
1: <laughs> um, I, I hope so.
0: Um,
1: the test is my biggest worry, and you know, especially swear to the guys in the team, is that it loses its bite. Like, even with the corona, when we're clapping for the nurses, it lost by week six, you could feel the difference. We're well, like almost like well, we've done our bit now. Yeah. That's the worry.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And my, yeah, my, my big worry is that everyone, I mean, that's one of the reasons why to do this podcast, because there's a lot of, in the echo chamber, it's a lot of, we need more diversity. We need more diversity. There's a lot of those talks going Mm -hmm. on. So a lot of this podcast is, um, with people who, who are actually going out there and trying to make a difference. have a good understanding of it and doing things to be honest. 'Cause that's yeah, really? I, I totally agree with you. That's that's my biggest worry is that we go round in this circle that everyone's just talking about it <laughs> all the time. Which is Yes. and um, and to the point where they're talking about it. Look,
1: no one I mean it was quite a huge conversation predominantly right, which is a white right person can't tell we have no right to talk about what's going on in culture. Yeah. And how to fix it? We just got to fix stuff. We've got to do stuff. We've got to take our responsibility on. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah. And the culture, the culture changes things as well. Have you ever read a book by Steve Stout, The Tanning of America? Uh, yes. A while ago, I think. Yeah, it's really interesting where he talks about how the how the how the black how hip hop basically changed a lot of industries. Obviously. Um, Tommy Hilfiger using um, basically seeding his clothes in the in in the ghetto and getting yeah. people to wear them and stuff like that and it's quite and I thought at the time reading it it was quite interesting because I was at and how how the black how hip hop is changing culture and making people a bit more aware of different ethnicities and stuff and it's quite interesting I was when I read the book I was at actually Henny Regatta once. <laughs> and it was a whole tent full of hot, uh a lot of rich lot of rich kids, all white. What? Um and the DJ was playing. Um and the DJ was playing music and then he dropped, I think he dropped Buster Rhymes. He dropped mm. Buster Rhymes tune and then the whole place exploded. <laughs> Everyone was like, and then I was just standing there and then he played, I think then he played a Jay-Z song and then it carried on being exploded. But then I was listening to everyone, looking at everyone, sorry, and just noticing Mm. that everyone was singing the words to the song as well. Everyone knew the words. And I thought, actually, we might have, I mean, this was years ago. This was probably about five, six years ago. And I thought, actually, the world, we're actually changing here in the UK, (laughs) but it hasn't. Yeah, I
1: mean, it's interesting. It's like cultural appropriation. Yeah. On one side, you go, like, that has the potential to be a good thing yeah, if it's done with an understanding and a respect and an acknowledgement of where it's come from. Yeah. But when it's not, that's just blatant theft again. Yeah. Um, it's like I've always gone, cheap airlines have been more effective than the UN. The problem is that people just want to then go to Spain and just hang out with other British people in a hot version ocean of England. Yeah. You know, it's like but yeah, there, there's, there's hope. There's, I I tell you what, my biggest hope is uh, just it sounds terrible, but you know, younger generations. Yeah. Like they actually are doing shit to change it. And then if you go really young, like my son is five. He was born in China, he you know, grew up in uh, Los Angeles, and he started school in in London. And I love that he, he acknowledges the differences of people in the sense of, um, like, Bao Bao, his friend, who's Chinese, um, is Chinese, but he does, he, everyone is treated the same. So there's that an knowledge. And that's really important because that, those people that say, I see no color, are basically saying, well, you, you are actually the problem there. Because it sounds good to see no colour, but actually that's hugely disrespectful. Because you only see people on your definition of it. Yeah. But my son, he acknowledges everyone's differences, But the, and I sit there and go, my God, that's how it should all be. Yeah. And I see people eighteen, nineteen, who are going, no, we're going to fight against this. I have way more faith in them than anyone else. But uh, I have a moral duty to fight my part of the corner.
0: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that younger generation coming up is interesting. Um. I don't know if you ever, just one last tip before you go, because I don't want to take up too mm. much of your time. I don't know if you ever heard, there was a podcast I heard many many years ago with Dan Wyden um, yeah. and he was talking about diversity and it was quite interesting and he was, he was the, the guy said, one last tip in the interview um, how you change advertising and change diversity etc. And Dan said, I want to come back as black, being black mm. <laughs> Have you ever heard mm. that? i haven't heard that one i mean
1: dan dan is a wonderful man i mean admittedly every time he saw me gaze i thought i fired your ass that was his literally every time he saw me but um he cares like he really cares he like he made he wants to create a like the widened offices are safe places but maybe they need to be safer um but I tell you, there was a guy called Carell Dixon. He was the MD of um, Wyden, Portland. He was, a, he was a, he ran Nike globally. He's just uh, left to study to be a teacher. And Corel is a black English guy from London. And I, the fact that he was the head of the best creative agency in the world sums up Wyden. Yeah. Dan at his best. We need more of that um, because diversity often is seen as we'll hire people of different backgrounds, but they have to behave like us. But what I love is that, uh, and Jay White, Jay, Jay was my MD at widens as well. He, uh, you know, African-American, he uh, went ahead at Beats. No, he's got nothing. Like, I love that I'm seeing that because we need more role models of that. Yeah. And I, the everyone's capable it's just they're not being allowed and that's the bit where I I would like that and part of it is a selfish thing because I'd like my son to see that as his context of what his dad did and also what's the new normal for new term. but yeah I mean Dan I hadn't heard that phrase but I can, I can uh, imagine that coming. from
0: because
1: yeah. he was all about authenticity and what and he would know what he didn't know yeah. and that's even that is a beautiful thing. Knowing what you don't know.
0: Yeah, there's not enough of that either. Yeah. Cool. One last tip before you go. How we change this yeah. land within agencies? It's a hard question, and it needs more than one tip. <laughs> but one last thought.
1: Well, I mean, it depends on what we're talking about with agencies. I mean, I can tell you what I would love to see. I'd love. I mean, it's happening, but I'd love an agency that is just run by people of colour um, and women <laughs> um, I'd love to see the work they do yeah. and just watch everyone suddenly start trying to copy them yeah. now the problem is in the past that would be stealing from them but the beauty of what's going on with culture right now and as I said to you earlier it's like majority of things that are really interesting culture originate originating black culture yeah the authenticity and the nuances. Like, I can study for a thousand years I'll never truly get it. Yeah. Um, and that's the difference between something that really flies and something that feels like a bad imitation. I'd love to see an agency. I'd love to see an agency like that. Um, just because it would fuck with everything. If you're talking about traditional agencies right now, there are so many things they need to do. They need to... It's still very London dominant. They need to allow talent from other parts of the country to be able to live in London and and afford to. Yeah, for sure. Um, For me, pay disparity is a big issue in that respect. But I'll tell you what I'd like. I'd like clients to start holding agencies to account. Yeah. They did it with female leadership but I'd like to see more of that because then that'll change. Because right now agencies will do whatever they can for money. So if an agency says that. And now, there's that risk that somebody go "Am I being hired because I'm talented or because I'm from a diverse background?" I I can appreciate that feeling, but then I wouldn't encourage them to abuse the hell out of that opportunity. Yeah, and yeah. and just and just the, and that
0: seems even a bit. Yeah, clouds would have make a big difference shine as tomorrow. Well. Yeah, Mark Pritchard from P, PG is doing a little bit of that at the moment. Yeah, with, with um, the guys. Yeah, and I was I was lucky to work with uh,
1: Mark on the thank you mum stuff yeah. um, for the Olympics, and also with some of the guys um, who are part of. Um, the know that he's doing Yes, that's great. But we love it, and it's still only a part of what P and G do. For example, it would be great if it was something that everyone did it, and it wasn't a it wasn't promoted because I'm not saying they're doing it for the wrong reasons please don't misplay it but it would be nice if it was just normal
0: yeah yeah class is normal cool thank you so much yeah. for your time Rob
1: my pleasure and um, again thank you very much for inviting me I appreciate it yeah